This guy had the knack, the ability to create his own shot. I think Pritchard was asking too much. Danny wasn't willing to give up. And that's just the way it goes. As a GM, your responsibility is to get the best offer out there. Yeah, that's my point, though. I think he's trying to, you know, look at his career as a whole and say, I don't want to go 3-9. and nine. There's so much like relevance to the sports world right now, you know, from obviously politics and the Black Lives Matter movement, but also there's there's just so importance behind players playing with an energy like this is like their last game every single time to step onto the court or the field or the ice. So it's been really good to see. And uh, thank you all for tuning in, taking a jump into the tank tonight. There is a whole lot that we need to discuss as we Definitely get into, obviously, the NFL first two weeks, but then we'll also get into some basketball as, obviously, the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals are in process, and then we also will give our NFL predictions. So, again, let's just get right into it. I mean, we have a lot to talk about, a lot of, you know, predictions, a lot of pretenders, a lot of, you know, teams that are real. Um, so, with that being said, I know, you know, prior to this show, we really got into, you know, figuring out what we're going to talk about. And let's talk about who has passed their expectations. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, passing expectations and stuff, I mean, number one, um, you know, I would say uh, for me, um, kind of the, the, the biggest one for me has been, uh, has been Arizona. Um, Arizona has been... You know, and now granted, like, look, I mean, they, they played a Washington team that, uh, you know, came off of a, of a, you know, win the week before, came back from 17 down against Philly. Um, and it, it, it just it, Kyler and, and, um, and Hopkins, I think, are going to be special. Um, you know, the fact that they, you know, got him from Houston for a guy that was relevant like five years ago and, <laughs> and a bag of footballs. Yep. Honestly, like, that's what that's what that deal was. Like, oh, no, it was. It was. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and the fact I don't know if Bill O'Brien just didn't want to negotiate directly with uh, with Hopkins, but I don't know what it was. But I mean, those two have been electric so far. I mean, I think he's got like at least nine or ten catches in both games, and he's just been an absolute monster. So I think Arizona for me is kind of number one off my list, and, and number two, you know, for as much as everybody bagged on the the LA Rams last year, look, man, like they're still good, and the fact that they can still have a rushing attack without Gurley. They kind of have like the three-headed monster thing going. Um, still got Robert Woods. Still has Coop, you know, still have Cooper Cup, and and just the MVP in my eyes, offense, defense, the entire league has been uh, has been Aaron Donald. He is unblockable. 
and what people kind of forget sometimes, he makes things look way too easy. Like you got to realize, like these are other professional athletes. Oh, he's, he's a going beast. Again. He's a beast. He's and and it doesn't matter, double, triple, doesn't matter. He's getting to the quarterback. He's being disruptive. So I would say those are probably the two kind of big past expectations for me so far. Just you know, out of the two and O teams, um, you know, and then there's obviously a couple other teams that we talked about but the, those are kind of the two biggest you know bright bright spots for me yeah and, and you know I, I i definitely agree with arizona i i think you know coming out of the nfc west i would have been like the rams or the seahawks or the 49ers i never would have even thought it would be arizona they're on a pace to just wreck every team that they're playing and offensively and, and you know don't mind them defensively they're not playing too bad i think they're roughly like 17 points per game somewhere in that area you know so i think they're definitely um well-built defensive team but offensively i mean like you said kyla murray and d hop you can't beat them um a team in my eyes that has caught some surprise to be honest with you and a lot of people say oh like you shouldn't be shocked it's the new england patriots i always just think it's so difficult Anytime you have a new guy under center, a new regime, call it, right? Tom Brady out, Cam Newton in, his character, his demeanor on the field, off the field. A lot of people think he's you know, more selfish, um, but really he's becoming selfless. And, and that's why I think it's becoming like past expectations, because I think people thought Cam Newton was going to be a distraction, an interruption in that locker room. And he has actually enhanced it. And he has become the leader of that team. And it's shocking to me because Julian Edelman, who was always Tom Brady's right-hand man, right? Anytime he needed something, go to, go to Julian Edelman, right? Go to Tom Brady. At the same time, Julian Edelman has that same kind of level of chemistry with more swagger with Cam Newton. So it doesn't shock me that Julian Edelman's getting acclimated to him. And, I mean, Julian Edelman had a great game against Seattle. But I just think the way that Cam Newton and this offense is, it's perfect for a guy like Josh McDaniels to just, you know, implement that system right away, get him equipped with, you know, different weapons, not like a lot of good weapons, but weapons that are adequate, like I said, that can get the job done. And again, you're in the AFC East, so you don't need that much to get it done, right? Defensively sound, unbelievable. That Seattle game. That first pick was all Greg Olson written all over it. That was not Russell Wilson. But their defense, they can get after it if they if they want to. But they got to make sure that secondary is tight. But they are, they are a team gift that Bill Belichick, no matter what, I think it's systematic at this point. And I, I know it's two games in. I know it's two games in. But they are so damn impressive with so little. And it just shows that coaching really does truly matter in this league. Besides Brady, Brady is always going to be the GOAT, right? We've gone through this conversation how many times. But Bill Belichick, this is his name. This is his new regime where he steps up and he says, the reason why Tom Brady was so successful was because of me. That's the way it's going to be moving forward if Cam Newton can stay on that path. Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, like, for, for the Pats, I mean, and, and 
it's so funny because you know we're in the area and, and all the beat writers and you know when when cam got signed it was oh how is he gonna chill with bill belichick and he's doing all these hype and all these workout videos and it's just like no one really brought up the point of like all right well how about just another you know uh, another jolt of energy in that locker room because like they, to be honest like they were so unlikable because you knew exactly what you were going to get. You were going to, you know, they, they always say the, the, you know, the Woody Haynes on a dust rushing offense. Well, with the pass, it was like six yards and like second and four off of like this dink and dunk. But like they've completely changed the offense. Like if you look at their offense over the past two games, you would have thought that this was 2016, 2017 circa, you know, Carolina Panthers. Right. I mean, they're the way that they're able to switch gears and tailor the offense towards Cam, I think is a big, you know, and look, it's Belichick. And and when everyone talks about coaches in the league, listen, it's Belichick, and then it's two levels below. Like, he's at the penthouse suite, and everybody's on floor 300. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's just that's just how it is. You know, and the fact that he can he can adjust um, and, and still, you know, still coach a defense that's that's competitive. I mean, they're they're one yard away from being 2-0. Which I think was a just a nonsense call to be stupid. You know, that that stupid. yeah, I just I do that like the the Tim Tebow jump pass right like something different instead of stacking the line and trying to let you know Cam go through. But besides the point, going on the road, flying cross country still isn't you know it's it isn't an easy thing to do. It's but not. yeah, the the Pats yeah Pats will definitely be there. So yeah, and honestly, they Cam has turned that team into into you know likable. I mean, honestly, the Pats are not likable and they're fun to watch because because Cam's fun to watch. I, I agree with that, and also rest in peace to James White's father. That was just so devastating, and our thoughts and prayers are with his mom at this time. It's just so devastating to see that happen. You know, you're cross-country, and, and you think everything's, you know, going well at home, and then that hits you. Uh, I can just only imagine what that's like. Um, so, yeah, we definitely uh, keep James White in our prayers. Um, but I, I will say, you know, going to Jacksonville, Jacksonville is a team that's you know kind of there, um, where where they're they 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 have a good quarterback. It's just a matter of putting the pieces together to ultimately figure out a foundation. Whether you're an offensive team or defensive team, and James Robinson, their running back, has been you know solid for sure. Um, and DJ Shark, they got King Cole, they got decent pieces around them. But at the end of the day. I think their schedule, you know, the way that they're playing right now, it might slip um, come midseason. So I think right now they pass expectations. I think we, we've hit it on the nail on the head for sure. But let's see what they do moving forward. And, um, you know, obviously they got Thursday against Miami, so that should be an easy one. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but honestly, like, so for Gardner Minshew, isn't Gardner Minshew where – Baker Mayfield was supposed to be. He's a gamer. He's a gamer. Like honestly, yeah. like yeah, like and, and and I think he's got he's got the swag. He's got I I call it the jean short swag. Like he's kind of got that like that that like bumpkin. You know, uh, it, it's just kind of just like oh shucks, G Williker sort of attitude. But yeah. the, dude, that that dude can ball. No, he, he and the fact that like yeah, go ahead, yeah. He he's 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 at the spot where Baker's supposed to be and hasn't gotten to yet, and he's already there. So I, the fact that he can, you know, lead lead the bad news bears of the of the NFL, like honestly, like who's on that team? They sold everybody off. Like Gakwe went, yep. Elias Campbell went to the Ravens. Like you know, uh, Fournette, they cut Fournette. It's like all right, who else you got? But you know, the fact that they beat the Colts 
and then the fact that they you know gave Tennessee a run for their money, like hey, they're, they're definitely past expectations. No, they definitely have. Um, but I do like the Gene Shorts um, analogy. What I want to get at too is Baker Mayfield may be way better in commercials than he truly is on the field. Yeah, I see. Here's the thing: I watched, um, I watched, well, more of that game than I'm willing to admit. But I watched that game on Thursday, and he needs to have a running game. If you're gonna if you're gonna load up and you're going to have him throw the ball 40, 45 times. Um, that's not his game. It's not going to work. And, and, and yeah. No, it's not going to work. Like, I don't think, you know, and again, this is this is total armchair quarterback, but I don't think that if you put the load on his back that he can, he can produce. But if you run the ball with Kareem Hunt, if you run the ball with Nick Chubb, and then go play action off of that, like just look at look at Ryan Tannehill going to Tennessee. I know this is this is kind of a sore subject for you, touchy. but yeah. you know, yeah, it's a it's a touchy subject. I I only I only briefly went over it, but I think you know if he throws he threw the ball 24, 25 times on Thursday, and 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 it was play action. He had a deep touchdown uh, to Odell, and I think that's fine. You can be a good quarterback in this league if if you're a play action guy, and that's perfectly fine. You can have a long career, and and I also think with uh, the new coach there coming in from Minnesota. Stefanski, you know, yep. Yep, with Stefanski coming in from, from Minnesota, he wants to run the ball. He's coming from that, um, you know, that Zimmer, you know, run the football, good defense. So that's perfectly fine. I, and I think that he'll be perfectly fine if they stick to that. But, you know, if, if they go up against a team who's going to stuff the run, then it might get a little hairy. Yeah, and, and they're in a tough division, right? So, I mean, you got the Ravens, Steelers, and you got the Bengals, which, you know, the Bengals are what they are at this point especially at the start of the season. They gave a good fight against Cleveland, but you got to beat Cleveland. Going back to Stefanski with Minnesota, you hit the nail on the head because they ran the two-back set with Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray, and they had probably their best offense due to that ability because what that does, as we all know, when you run the ball extremely well, that opens up the door for play action, right? So I totally agree with you. I think this offense is really solid. I think these backs, you know, you got Kareem Hunt and you got uh, Nick Chubb, but Odell's got to make something happen down with, with the long ball. You know, Jarvis Landry has to get his, got to get catches in the play action. And then, you know, they have Austin Hoopers, who they spent all this money on, and they really got to put this guy in, in a prime position to succeed. So I think ultimately they have a good makeup, but they got to really bring it to the table and fulfill that moment. So, um, Giff, let's talk about at, at expectations. Um, if I may start, I am at, I'm with Philly, okay? I'm going to go Philadelphia Eagles because they are where they're supposed to be. Because every single year, somebody always talks about, oh, the NFC East, that's going to be easy to beat. You know, you got the Cowboys who always fall off. You know, you, you got maybe a wild card bid. You got the Redskins who always suck. Giants who always suck. You know, we're right there in the playoff hunt. Well, you guys are sitting there at 0-2. And the big reason why is Carson Wentz is probably the most overrated quarterback besides Baker Mayfield in, in his time right now. Where, where he's at. He's indecisive. He gets hurt a lot. He's just a makeup for a backup quarterback and a lot of Philadelphia Eagles fans are going to hate me for that, but it's true. 
They, he just doesn't have a good read w- with his coach right now. And they're making a little bit out of out of nothing slightly because they don't have a lot of weapons around him like Dallas Garner and Zach Ertz. And, you know, you got Miles Sanders. But the offensive line's kind of beat up, right? Their defense, we can say, is sometimes good, sometimes bad. Like, Jim Schwartz is a great defensive coordinator. But what is he going to put on the field? So I think Philly is really at expectations as overrated. They just in my eyes, every single year they go into it and they say Carson's going to be the guy and he's going to live up to the expectation as we wanted to have him live up to after Nick Foles left for Jacksonville. Well, what has he done yet? He hasn't done much. So I think the expectations for the Eagles fans has to like diminish because I'm sorry, Carson Wentz is what he is at this point. And he doesn't have a lot of weapons to use, as people would say. A lot of the wide receivers get hurt, which is true. Like, you got Rager, who you, who you drafted, got hurt, right? You got Alshon Jeffrey, who is injury prone. But you got Dallas Garner, and you got Zach Ertz, and you got um, Whiteside. Um, I don't know his, his full name, but it's so long that I don't even care. Um, but nonetheless, I think Philly is at expectations because I think they're overrated. That's one of my teams. They're in a tough position because, you know, their offensive line is already in shambles and, and, and Carson Wentz hangs, hangs onto the ball way too long. I mean, I watched some of that, that Washington game and, you know, they, they, in the second half, they had a rugby guy started. I forgot left tackle, right tackle, one of those. And, and he got his, you know, he got his ass beat, but you know, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I still like Doug Peterson as a coach. I think he'll figure it out. I mean, again, it's only two, you know, look, they still have two games with the giants um, they still got a game with the Redskins at home. You know, they'll. I, I think they'll be in the conversation. Um, but I, I and, j- and just quickly because I know we got a lot of topics to get to. I think Philly with Carson Wentz is the kind of the, the same situation that Chicago is in with um, um, Trubisky. Yes, with Trubisky right now. Um, you know, it's a guy you drafted, and you. And, and ironic enough, both situations involve Nick Foles. But I think. Um, it's who they drafted, and it's who they brought in, and and a lot of times teams can't cut bait with people that they that they that they brought in. Invested in GM. I mean, yeah. how many picks did they give up? Get? Oh well, yeah, hundred um, percent. So yeah, I mean, I think Philly's kind of kind of where they're where they're at. We'll we'll see there. Um, let's just quickly get this out of the way. The Jets are at expectations because they stick. All right, that's all we have to talk about. It. They're terrible. Adam Gase is awful. If anybody hasn't seen the hit piece that uh, Mike Greenberg put on Get Up a couple of days ago about why Adam Gase is a terrible head coach and why Woody Johnson is an absolute buffoon for saying that he's go like watch a it. still yeah yeah go watch it go watch it on YouTube uh, if you're having a down day just watch Greeny absolutely assassinate Adam Gase it's it's hilarious and for a guy who has spent his career on saying pretty much nothing in my opinion yep. he absolutely. He, he puts the crosshairs on him and he pulls the trigger. It's phenomenal. Um, next, I mean, Baltimore, this is an easy one. The, the fact that uh, Lamar threw four touchdowns against Cleveland at home and then the next game they go to Houston and they throw up 237 rushing yards and, like, nine guys catch the ball. I, you know, I, I, they're, they're already multifaceted on offense. And, and Lamar's not running as much. Um, and he's, and he's been pretty accurate with the ball. And yeah. again, yeah, he has. you know, the, the 
you play again, you play your schedule. You know who knows about Houston because Houston's schedule is just ridiculous. The first four or five games, so who knows how good they're. They might go zero and sixteen. They might go zero and sixteen. Well, if they do that and they trade Hopkins and they Bill O'Brien's fired, that's 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 for certain. But you know the fact that you could be that multifaceted in two straight games um, and have completely different game plans. I think you know Baltimore's there. They're they're kind of an easy one that's there. Um, I'll go quickly into into Pittsburgh. Um, you know, obviously two hard fought games. Um, one against a Giants team who, you know, did have Saquon. The other one against Denver where Drew Locke got hurt. You know, no Von Miller. But I think what everybody was waiting to see was basically for Big Ben to get back. I yes. mean, that defense. That defense is loaded. Um, and and look. They grow wide receivers like apples on trees. It does. They know how to draft wide receivers. They know how to go get Ben, a guy who can go down the field fast, quick, and and he listen. He's still good. I mean, he listen. He's 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 light years ahead of Duck Hodges. So the fact that you can plug him in there, James Conner, Juju. Hopefully his head is 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 on on straight. Um, you know, and the other receivers that they have there, I mean, I think they're definitely at expectations and, and, and they're going to be in the, in the thick of things as far as the, the AFC North goes. Yeah. Deontay Johnson and uh, James Washington, they're pretty good um, as far as, you know, picking up receptions and just gaining that uh, completion percentage for Big Ben. He, they're definitely reliable receivers. If, if he's going to throw the ball, they're going to catch it and they've shown it. So I think overall, Pittsburgh, they are where we thought they were, honestly. Um, I don't think Big Ben really has much left, honestly. I, I think this year it may be the following, but he's going to play until he, st- you know, he wants to stop. So it's just a matter of him wanting to stop, not a matter of you know, if he can stop because he gets injured every single year mostly, and he plays throughout the entire year, whether that's a broken thumb you know, whether that's a shoulder injury, neck injury, whatever it is, he's still playing out there, and he's that dude's a zombie. He's an absolute zombie. You, you can't, you can never get rid of him. Right, and you gotta love that though. And I think Mike Tomlin kind of fits that mold too, where he just he gives him energy and he gives him good play calling, and he can count on him when it's when it needed and when it matters. So, um, just really quick, Kansas City, we we all kind of know where they're at. Um, they did have a little scare in the Chargers game as uh, Justin Her- Herbert came into the game as uh, Tyrod Taylor was dealing with a chest injury. But I think their arsenal of weapons is just creative and, you know, they're just fast. And, yes, they definitely got their, you know, I guess, you know, hands cuffed it a little bit. But I think overall they're definitely a team that will be there in the conversations with Baltimore, you know, New England, um, maybe in Indianapolis, I can see Tennessee. Um, so as far as that goes, I can really see these, you know, um, players like Tyree Kill and, you know, McCole Hardman really stepping up when it matters. Travis Kelsey is one of the best tight ends in the game. So, um, Giff, let's go to below expectations. Who has, uh, kind of fulfilled that role? Um, I mean, I'm going to go with Minnesota just because, um, you know, I mean, look, they're, they're, they're starting two rookies at corner. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers went after him, you know, week one. Um, but, you know, look, I mean, it's a little bit scary because you pretty much have uh, everybody coming back. You got Thielen, you got Dalvin Cook. Um, but, look, I, I hate to bag on the guy, but it's 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 Kirk Cousins. And, 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 and you know, the, and it was weird, too, because, 
because like even like the play calls were strange. Like at, at the end of the first half um, against the Packers in Week One, you know they they they're you know at their own end zone and then they're, they're they throw a play action pass. Uh, Jair Alexander comes in, gets a safety, they kick off the ball, and then I'm pretty sure that was the Rodgers to um, Valdez Scantlin, you know, yep. right at the end of that. Yep. So, you know, I, a couple of quizzical play calls from them, and and look, Zimmer's on the hot seat. I hate to tell you, Zimmer's on the hot seat because he's been there forever. He's always been run the ball, run the ball, play defense. But when your defense is giving up a bunch of points and you're not running the ball, eh, you you got to be on the hot seat if you're there. So expectations you know um yeah for for them and if i may uh you know piggyback that stefanski like losing him is so big because he is so great offensively his mind he just puts the right skilled guys in the right positions and he plays to that strength whereas kind of like where they're playing now in minnesota is kind of like a free-for-all and those type of offenses just don't work and it's showing that Kirk Cousins, you know, can't decide whether, you know, to throw the ball deep or dump it down. And, you know, he's getting a lot of coverage on him and the pass rushers are coming up to him. So he's throwing the ball away, trying to, and it's, you know, fully intercepted. So he's just been kind of a, a you know, tough situation right now. And I think, seriously, I think losing Kevin Stefanski was so key because he was the guy that, you know, really got uh, Kirk Cousins on the right tracks. And that's how he got his huge contract, by the way, um, you know, from the Minnesota Vikings. And I think Stefanski has a lot to do with it. Um, I, I honestly think, you know, below, below expectations is tough to read, right? Because the biggest reason why, and we saw it this past week, it's injuries. You, you just don't know. And I know it's the game of football. It's just so difficult to understand what these guys go through, you know, w- with you know, prior to the game, you know, middle of the game, and then after the game. And I'll tell you what, for Saquon Barkley and for Christian McCaffrey and, you know, for, um, you know, big guys up on the line, you know, you got Joey Bosa, I mean, sorry, Nick Bosa, and, you know, you have Solomon Thomas for the, you know, 49ers. It's it's a tough situation, but you got to be ready. You got to be ready for this season. And especially this season where there's no preseason, you gotta be, you know, quickly acclimated. You gotta fulfill and be comfortable with your teammates. And there's just a couple of teams in my eyes, you know, that I think was going to, you know, come out of the gates and, and start running. And, you know, obviously San Francisco being one of them, Giff, I, I think, you know, you pinpointed them, um, you know, deflated with injuries, obviously. So I, I think overall the 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 below expectations is going to take a huge hit because these players that are getting injured this week and even moving forward. I mean, look at Michael Thomas. The Saints are without their number one guy, you know, going up against Las Vegas Raiders. Drew Brees has, like, like he's got a decent amount of weapons, but he doesn't have the weapons like a Michael Thomas, right? So he's going to be hurting tonight. So I think we just got to kind of make our way into week three, week four, week five. You got to kind of progress if you're one of those teams they're taking a huge hit. So I, I think low expectations, San Francisco is one of them, but there are going to be many, many more come within uh, a couple of weeks for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and, and just to be, uh, and just to be fair to them, they had a mash unit uh, playing against the Jets and they still want them. Right. So like, let's, that's just, 
but yeah, I mean, they, they've been hit um, severely so far. Sherman going on IR, and I, I, I know that's only, you know, three weeks, but Bosa going down, Garoppolo being nicked up, um, you know, who knows? But yeah, I think they definitely, you know, go a little bit below that, but I think it's more of a, of a result of, of injuries, and we'll kind of see, um, you know, where they, where they end up. Right, and then you got Tevin Coleman, who got hurt, and then uh, Raheem Moister in that game, he got hurt too. So there, for some reason, San Francisco just has the injury bug, and I don't know if they're ever going to get over it, especially this year with all these you know huge injuries. So you know the Rams might make a move into the West along with Seattle and Arizona. So the NFC West, watch out that that conference. I mean that division, that's scary. That's a definitely deep division this year, as we thought going in. So sure. Um, all right, so then I, I added two things, um, and, and in the interest of full disclosure, I, I added the uh, the category of uh, Bernie Madoff teams, which are uh, you know a little little fraudulent uh, to, to begin. So, and, and I'll uh, I will I'll start with so I'm you know Green Bay Packers fan since I can remember, you know for as much the year of 2020 has flipped on everybody's head, just about life itself and all of the the instability that's just in the world today. You got Corona, you got the political environment, you got the socioeconomic uh, environment. By the way, the Packers are the exact same team that they were last year. The exact same team. I watched both games um, through and through. They're inconsistent. They've, they, they take quarters off, not take quarters off, but look, they were down 14, three in the Lions. Okay. They got down early to, to Minnesota on the red zone. They're still not very good on the red zone, but yet they they played, you know, two teams who have been beat up and they've been able to handle their business. So it's kind of like, you know, look, I'll admit Rodgers is in FU mode. Yeah. Like he's he's in FU mode. Um, Aaron Jones has been really good so far. The only difference that I can see is that it seems like a couple of the other receivers for the Packers, whether it's uh, Valdez, Galen, whether it's Lazard, um, you know, look, I mean, I, I think their, their tight end Sternberger from Iowa has probably dropped five balls in two games. Okay. So they're trying, but they're the exact same team that they were last year. Honestly, they didn't do a ton to, to help themselves out. Their first pick was a, was a quarterback and Jordan love who they traded up to get their second pick was, um, the kid, uh, Dylan from Boston college. They already yep. have two red- yep. yep. They already have two, uh, running backs that are there. No receivers, no run stuffing um, linebackers. So it'll be interesting to see. I think next week, going on the road at New Orleans, I think will definitely be the the litmus test for the early season for them. Because New Orleans, even though with, they're without Michael Thomas, they they have more of a complete team. Defense is good. You know, deep, the Packers defense is definitely going to have to be on their on their toes for for that one. But uh, yeah, I think they're kind of one of my you know mini fraudulent teams up front because they're the exact same team that they were last year, and, and and we'll see what they can do. You know, going down the pipe here. Yeah, I, I think Green Bay is in a pretty good situation to be in too. You know, you got Minnesota struggling, and uh, you know what you're going to get out of Detroit. You know, the Bears have turned it up obviously this year to start the year at least. Um, so they're in a pretty good division to be in to definitely, you know, I guess get comfortable a little bit. I'm not saying totally throughout the season, but at this point, Giff, and I, you being a Packers fan, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, how many more years do we have out of him? Two or three at most? Sure. So sure. Why, why not load up? 
that that was my thing in the off season. And I know you're pretty discouraged from the off season too. Is why not go out and get some some guys, some other talents around Aaron Rodgers, and try to make a run at a Super Bowl because. The way that they're built right now, yes, they have Aaron Jones, who's a very good running back, and they got Devontae Adams, who's a very good wide receiver. Their defense needs help, and they also need other targets around Aaron Rodgers besides those two guys. So I was honestly shocked, and I know a name that you were shocked at, Deshaun Jackson. Why didn't they make a run at you know that guy? Um but you could at least try to make more out of the draft too. I mean, you trade up for a guy like Jordan Love, who, you know, he's he's uh, he's definitely a project. He's not just gonna be a plug and play type of guy. Um, which I mean, I'm sure Matt Lafleur is, you know, probably confident in that pick. But you just gotta make sure that you're making the right decision or organizationally. So I just think, um, you know, I wish they'd done more um, for the Green Bay Packers. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I think the, the the glaring weakness, the the two glaring weaknesses are the depth at the wide receiver spot and and being able to to stuff the run. And look, you can tell with Kenny Clark not being in there um, against the Lions. The Lions in the first quarter ran up and down uh, the Packers' defense. Yes, so again, yeah. it's 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 the it's the depth on the on the line being able to stuff the run. Um, but you know, and to look. Two and O teams in the in the NFC North, uh, in my eyes, I think are still a little bit fraudulent. You know, coming from the Packers and then going to the Bears, like the Bears were a goal line stand away from losing to the Giants. Um, you know, and, and again, it's 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 trick or treat Trubisky. Honestly, like it's it's you know the fact he stunk. Yeah, he was against awful. the Lions. He was awful against. Literally, the, the first three quarters, he was awful, and then for whatever reason. It was able to turn it on and then give himself like three or four more weeks before, you know, Bears fans start clamoring for, for, for Nick Foles. So, yeah. um, obviously the defense there, I, I hilarious that they re-signed or extended to Cullen before Allen Robinson. Don't have any clue as to why they went ahead and did that. Like, you know, that's going to be a glaring weakness. Like the dude unfollows everybody, you know, as far as the Bears organization is concerned. Says that he doesn't want to trade all of this. You don't stuff, need that distraction. And, you don't need that distraction. No, and it, and you go ahead and extend to Reed Cohen. Like out of everybody on that offense, like he'd be probably one of the last people on that <laughs> offense that I'd go ahead and extend. Agreed. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, I think look the two two and teams. I think they're still extremely flawed. But um, yeah, and then uh, let's let's go ahead and uh and get into some uh some pr- some predictions some prediskies. Right. Uh, for the you know for the for the playoffs and for the divisions. Of course, yeah. Let's get right into it. NFL predictions. All right. So my MVP pick. We'll go back and forth. Gif. Um, my MVP pick will be Russell Wilson. Um, I picked Russell before the the season even started. I think this guy's on a mission. I think he definitely has the right pieces around him. DK Metcalf is turning into a big receiver like we saw the other night. Ty Lockett. You, he's always consistent. And um, anytime you have Russell Wilson under center, you know, he makes magic. He really does. And, you know, he turns a lot of nothing into something. And that's one thing that quarterbacks do great, right? We've seen it with Aaron Rodgers. We've seen it with Big Ben. We've seen it with Tom Brady, obviously. You know, Peyton Manning back in the day. So when you look at what type of um, 
you know, player an MVP is, is most valuable to the team. And that's exactly what he is to Seattle. Without him, they'd be nowhere. And that, that defense is great. Don't get me wrong. It's a plug-and-play with that defense for some reason. They always just are ready to play every single year going into it. The secondary, the front seven, they got Jamal Adams. They gave up a lot for him. But they have a definitely great overall team. And a part of the big reason why is because of the leader under center in Russell Wilson. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, and if you look at Seattle over the past couple of years, um, they are the anti-Packers. And I say that because they're not afraid to go out and to get a guy to help them for that specific year and for the years thereafter. So they did it with Jadavion Clowney. Um, They went ahead and they made a splash with with Jamal Adams coming in. And and they're not afraid to shake things up because they understand that they have a guy under center that at least is going to get them to 8-8, no matter what. No matter what the offense is like, no matter what the the defense is like, Russell Wilson will get you 8-8, and and anything above that is pretty much going to – and also, too – I think the MVP has a lot to do with narrative because, you know, you have all the 24-7 shows, you have all the talking head shows. The fact that Russell Wilson hasn't gotten MVP buzz or the fact that he hasn't um, been really deeply considered for an MVP, I think the the, the more, the, you know, look, if he keeps putting on these these performances and say Seattle goes 11-5, 12-4, get a division, uh, division title, I think you'll definitely see that. So I think narrative plus overall performance i think we'll get that and yeah i definitely agree with you on the russell wilson thing yeah and i I don't think it's a surprise pick you know everybody's talking about you know the pat mahomes and the christian mccaffrey's you know a lot of times you like you said the narrative you you kind of have to go against it and you kind of gotta look at it from you know your eye candy standpoint and just watch this guy play football he does everything correctly you know sometimes he has one or two picks here and there but for the most part he always makes the right decision, and he's got a definitely great defense to keep getting more possessions on his side of the football. So um, coach of the year, we're going to stay in Seattle. It's Pete Carroll because I think this team is going to run the table in the NFC West, obviously with the Rams and the Cardinals coming in. Um, but I fully think that this team – is so great overall. They just have great coaching. They have the right weapons. J- Jamal Adams, like I said, a plug-and-play type of situation where he's exactly what they needed, like Brandon Browner-like or Cam Chancellor-like, the hard-hitting safeties. They love those type of hybrid players. You can plug-and-play any type of position, and he'll make it happen. So I, I think they are in for a great, great season and the ending's only going to be better. So I'm going with Pete Carroll, Coach of the Year. Um, I'm going to go a little bit off the map here. Um, and this is kind of based upon the, uh, the the two games that we've seen so far and, and the type of noise that, the, the, that this team can make. If Arizona goes 10-6 and six and they get a wild-card team, and they, are, so they get a wild-card bid, I honestly think that Cliff Kingsbury has a very good shot of potentially getting coach of the year and I'll say, and, and the reason why is because is not only about the team that you currently have but where your team has come from he came into that system when they drafted Kyler Murray number one where they were god awful they yeah. were terrible they were and awful. towards the end of the year last year like look the last eight games of the year last year no defense wanted to go against uh, Arizona they did their offense was really good and look 
San Fran, if they fall off, and that NFC conference is wide open uh, as far as, um, you know, like C's uh, or what have you. So, look, I think if Arizona goes 10-6 and six, and the fact that, you know, he's brought them from, you know, the picking top five in the draft for three, four, five years in a row to get them to a playoff bid, I think you might hear some, some Cliff Kingsbury. And plus, what college coaches have come in and, and been successful? Not a ton. No. I think Carroll might have been the last one. Yep. So if, if Arizona goes ten and six, nine and seven, they make the playoffs. Yeah, I think Cliff Kingsbury will, will will definitely get some buzz. Yeah, I think that's a solid pick, and uh, you know I think they're definitely two teams in the NFC, not in the NFC West, NFC that can really make some noise uh, this year. Gif, I think we can all agree to who the comeback player of the year will be. I I, I mean I don't think. You know, I, I haven't asked you yet in regards to what who you think, but Cam Newton, can we agree? Like, can we? Yeah, that's that's a slam dunk. It has to be right. I it's yeah. just he he's lived up to the expectations of what he was doing in the off season, and that's training with his weapons. And ultimately, he's just a multi-dimensional quarterback that you can just really you know under center have a guy that can just you can count on making the big throws, making the decisions. The other night, he should have not dove for the end zone. He should have kind of ran around that block because he has that, you know, the feet to do so. But it's ultimately going to come down to, as we know, Giff, throughout his entire career, is what? It's staying healthy, right? If he can stay healthy, he can always be the MVP Cam, as we all know. So uh, I'm going to have to go with Cam Newton. That's a a slam dunk. For sure. Yeah, that's a slam dunk. I mean, the fact that that guy went jobless for as long as he did and – you know, you 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 are you're, you're trying out quarterback. Like, look, there are some quarterbacks in, in the league right now. It's like, really, you guys couldn't have used Cam, like, and you couldn't have figured out a way to, to bring him into your system. Like, and again, the fact that he falls in the lap of you know the hoodie is just it, it's apropos. It always happens. You know, he he swoops in, you know, and gets Cam pretty much off the scrap heap, and it's like, you know, uh, it, it just happens again. It's so frustrating because he does this every year. Right. Well, yeah, it's 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 Cam and it's a slam dunk. But but besides Tom Brady, I think Cam Newton was like the perfect guy for Bill Belichick to be the heir apparent of Tom Brady. I really think Cam Newton's like perfect for this. Oh, system. he's the complete opposite. And he, he's the complete opposite guy. Exactly, and he's actually like brightening up Bill Belichick a little bit, like you know, trying to open him up, like, hey, coach, like you know, live a little kind of thing. So I think he's a swagger. You know, I think um, I think. The, the Patriots have a bright future right now um, with, with Cam Newton, especially this season. Um, offensive Rookie of the Year, I, I just love this dude. I, I think he was unbelievable at LSU. I wanted Miami to draft him because he just he, he reminds me of Brian Westbrook, you know, Deuce Staley, a mix of the two. Um, he can really pound the ball when he wants to. Is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for Kansas City. They need a back. He's exactly the back that they need with um, – Damian Williams out for the year. And so I think, you know, the way he just kind of, like I said, I've been saying plug and play because he's that type of back that can do all-purpose everything. He's a guy that you can just count on, grabbing balls out of the backfield, running for about 100 yards. I mean, you know, for the first game of the season, he had like 110 yards rushing. I mean, you just don't see that out of a a rookie running back unless you're a top-five pick. So I think uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was – a great weapon for Joe Burrow at LSU. He's going to become a great weapon for Pat Mahomes. Well, yeah, too, and like, and now Kansas City has a power running game. 
Like, they literally can do it all. Like, especially that first game against Houston, it was just like, okay, you know, this is the Kansas City that we're, that we're accustomed to. You know, Mahomes is going to sling the ball around the lot. Uh, he's going to send. He's going to send Sammy Watkins deep. He's going to send you know Tyreek Hill uh, deep. But now they have a power running game. Like and, and uh, oh okay, you want to you know drop back three safeties and and double uh, Tyreek Hill. Oh okay, good we're luck. just gonna yeah good luck. We're just going to run the ball twenty five times down <laughs> your throat. So again, you know to to the riches go the spoils. So yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good pick. Um, and then yeah, defensive rookie of the year. I think I think it's going to be tough. Um, uh, I. I'm going to go kind of, I mean, everyone wants to say Chase Young, you know, he did a pretty good first week. Now his name escapes me and this is going to be bad for the, um, the rookie that Arizona drafted from Clemson that has no, uh, he doesn't have any position. I forgot what his, uh, what his name is. Cause they took him. He can use him at, uh, um, safety. They use him at linebacker. Well, for one, Arizona's defense has always had a great makeup because, you know they've ha- they've had um, Buchanan, they had uh, Patrick Peterson, they had Tyron Matthew. So the development of that secondary has always been astonishing across the board. Yeah, I, his name is uh, Isaiah Simmons from I, Clemson. Isaiah Simmons, uh, yeah, of course, the yep. the linebacker. So yeah, yeah, and like the big thing coming out of the, the draft with him was like, well, he doesn't have a position. Well, he's good at everywhere. So versatility. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, like they literally, um, they had Tyron Matthew, and then they went, oh, okay, this actually works for us, so we're going to go ahead and draft Isaiah Simmons. We can use him as a linebacker. We can use him as a safety in the box. And he's not bad covering either. So I, I honestly, and especially if Arizona continues to do well, then I think he's going to be put in a position to, to succeed pretty early. And look, their pass rush is pretty good too. You know, Chandler Jones is no is no joke. Um and, and especially with uh, that secondary, the defense, the way they're playing, I think I think Isaiah Simmons is uh, he's probably a dark horse, but I, I think he can definitely you know make some waves. Yeah, I'm just gonna go with Ch- Chase Young, and this guy's a specimen. He was unbelievable at Ohio State. I, I always think you know looking at a rookie defensive end, they really have nothing to lose. All they gotta do is you know chase after the quarterback and you know stop the run. Obviously, that you know that's important to stop the run because then. You know, as the quarterback drops back to pass, there's more pressure on them. Um, but I, I think Chase Young is definitely a guy that Washington's going to, you know, pinpoint as one of the catalysts moving forward. And I think he's going to live up to his name um, by the end of this year. So um, I'm going Chase Young. Super Bowl prediction. I, I started it with Russell Wilson. I also um, talked about Pete Carroll as the coach of the year. And we're going to finish it. I'm going Seahawks over Chiefs. Um, I think, again, Seahawks are on a mission. They just have the right pieces. Jamal Adams' addition is so freaking huge. Um, so I'm going to go with Seattle. Yeah, so just quickly, so just I can get this on tape, and that way if I'm right, you know, I can come back and, and jump up and down and say that I was right. So just Green a quick breakdown for me. Well, no, so so just so playoff uh, bid. So AFC West, Chiefs, AFC East, Buffalo. And I only say Buffalo because they have the Rams at home. They have Seattle at home, and they have um, – I think they have San Francisco at home. So a lot of the tough games that the Pats have to go away for, they actually have at home. home. So that's the only yeah. reason why – that's why I'm only going to give it to them. Good call. Uh, AFC yeah. North, Baltimore, AFC South, Tennessee, um, and then wild card, uh, New England, Pittsburgh. And you know what? I'm just going to go out and say Vegas. Why not? It'd be fun. It'd be fun to see Gruden in the playoffs. And wow. look – not a bad Vegas. look. Not a bad 
especially, you know, going to the season, you know, you have Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, and Mark Ingram running the rock. Um, that's definitely a tough, you know, three-headed monster in the backfield. I think that was their plan going into the draft, and I think they kind of hit the nail on the head with that pick. J.K. Dobbins is a very good running back. He was great with Ohio State. Another Miami Dolphin, um, you know, pick that I wanted. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think he fulfills, um, you know, Baltimore's offense better. Let me ask you this, though, real quick before we get into the NBA. Um, San Francisco's one-on-one with all these injuries, right? You're saying San Francisco would be a wild card. Don't you think the way that they would be set up with losing Bosa and Thomas and then Garoppolo for a couple of weeks that Kyle Shanahan should be coach of the year? That's a good call. That's, that's, that's not a bad shout. I mean – yeah, I think it's definitely possible. Um, I think if they make a walk card and, you know, you know, say Nick Mullins comes in and, and lights the world on fire, right? Or, um, you know, Moistert, you know, say, for instance, he's out for a couple of weeks, but, you know, they have so many backs that they can throw in there. So, yeah, I, I think that that would definitely be a uh, – if they make the playoffs with, with the, with the you know, injury, um, you know, problems that they have now, yeah, I, I think that definitely would be, uh, you know, uh, I think that definitely would be a, a, a decent pick for, uh, for Coach of the Year for sure. Cool. Yeah, just want to ask that question because sometimes, like, when you look at it, right, injuries kind of play a factor. So, especially with San Francisco losing that, I think Kyle Shanahan's going to have to, you know, have some kind of like to stand on and 
I'll tell you what, if he makes it to the playoffs, losing all those guys, he royally deserves it in my eyes.